This is the Holy Gospel according to St. John, the eighth chapter. Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. They answered him, We are descendants of Abraham and have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean by saying you will be made free? Jesus answered them, Very truly, I tell you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not have a permanent place in the household. The son has a place there forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. I invite the assembly to be seated. Grace and peace to you from God, our Creator, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Reformation Sunday is truly one of my favorite church festivals, one of my favorite Sundays of the year. It's one of two Sundays where we get to wear red along with Pentecost, and I gotta say, I look good in red. I just, there's something about the color. I would have never known that. Maybe it was my days at ISU that just set me up for success here today. Thank you, my friends. It's called pandering in the front. Very good. But I also love it because it's our birthday weekend. My birthday is the 29th of October, the 31st. Halloween is my lovely wife, Katie, her birthday. So happy birthday, Katie. We're not going to sing to you now, but certainly we'll embarrass you later. And also it's a day where we celebrate all things Reformation, all things Luther and the Reformers. And Luther and his contemporaries were some of my favorite theologians, certainly some of my favorite historical characters. But we run a risk on a day like today. We run the risk of turning this into a self-boasting, self-congratulatory party. Now, I will be doing that, don't worry, but there's more to today than that. Today is about understanding our heritage. It's about understanding those that paved the way for us to bear the name of Luther as Lutherans here now in this modern world. It's about understanding the truth of what that means and what that identity says about our calling, our identity as children of God. What defines us as Christians of the Lutheran persuasion? The truth is, the word truth itself, you see, is a word whose definition is undergoing a reform at this point in history. Truth doesn't quite mean the same thing it did previously. And I know this might be shocking to some of you. I remember, I remember when I came to this revelation myself. It was after I found a very enlightening book called The True Story of the Three Little Pigs. You see, that book, that book told that popular children's story from the perspective of the big bad wolf. But he didn't call himself the big bad wolf. He just referred to himself as the wolf. And he was writing from his prison cell to explain his truth, his side of the story. And he explained it like this. The huffing and puffing, he has allergies. And he sneezed and he knocked it down. And there was a casualty and he was taught one should never waste food, let alone a pig dinner. And so he did what his mother told him to do. He gave his truth and yet the truth of others is what landed him in trouble. Truth, I'm telling you, is so often these days a subjective understanding of the world as we see it, how I experience the world, and more and more removing away from objective truth. 
how did I see the moment? How did I experience it is what takes precedence. And what this leads to then is claims of ownership over truth. And that, you see, can be dangerous. When we start to claim exclusive ownership over truth, we don't open opportunity for meaningful conversation. And at its worst, it can lead to misinformation and even conspiracies that do great harm to others. And the truth of the matter is, about truth, is that nobody owns it. Truth is God's and God's alone. Jesus himself is indeed called the truth in John's gospel. And Jesus today in John's gospel says this. He says, if you continue to follow me, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. So, if we continue along this path of discipleship, if we continue to follow Jesus, we will know truth. And truth will lead to freedom. And freedom is another one of those words in our modern nomenclature that's undergoing a reform, undergoing a bit of a change. In our Western culture, more and more, freedom seems to mean something along the lines of the right of the individual to live out their personal choices, to do whatever it is that I want to do when I want to do it. That is more often than not how I hear people frame their experience of freedom. And there's two challenges, there's two issues when we do that. The first is it assumes that everybody has equal access to choice. It assumes that we're playing on a level playing field where all people actually have the ability to make choices and it's just not how the world works. We see this play out in so many facets of life, particularly for people of certain gender identities or expressions, color, culture, socioeconomic circumstance. Our very welcome statement names just a handful of those groups that from time to time in their daily lives don't have equal access to making those choices. The other thing to realize, too, is that sometimes, sometimes my freedom to make a choice has a public impact. What I choose to do as an individual may affect us as a community. And this, of course, is the challenge that resonates at the center of the moment in which we live. This moment where things like mask mandates and vaccine mandates are a hot-button topic because of that very meaning, that very purpose, right? My choice has a public impact, and where do we see freedom in the middle of that? It's hard. This is hard stuff, and I, as I said before, don't have the claim to truth, right? That's not something I own. You see, what I just described, though, those things are freedom from. Freedom from Luther and his treatise on the freedom of a Christian really lifts up this idea. He argues that Jesus, the truth, and the word, the good news, provides us freedom from. Freedom from sin. Freedom from guilt. Freedom from shame. And that freedom is something we call grace. The word that stands at the center of a festival celebration like today. Freedom from sin is grace. And the beauty of grace is this. Regardless of who you are, all people are made in God's image and therefore all people are worthy of God's grace. End of sentence, end of story, period, over. We all have equal access to choose God's love in our life, to choose to live in that love and that grace and that mercy. This freedom from is without a doubt a hallmark 
of the Reformation and all that has happened in our church since that time. But that's not the end of the story. Luther and his contemporaries continued. He says, A Christian is a perfectly free Lord of all, subject to none, but a perfectly dutiful servant of all and subject to all. So now it's not just freedom from, but now it's freedom for. We are free for the ability to live and love and serve others, to commit our lives in service to the God in whose image we are made. In Christ, Luther would argue, we experience true freedom which compels us to be servants to all. And this isn't new. This isn't new. They didn't come up with something new. They didn't rewrite scripture. But what they did do is they shone a light on it. They shone a light on God's grace. And that Reformation moment, it's still happening. It's still ongoing. Reformation isn't over. It happens each and every day, each and every time we gather because we gather called to follow to follow in this freedom from sin and guilt and freedom for service of others. It stands at the center of our mission as a congregation to our community. And St. Paul is right now living through a reformation. You don't have to look far to see it unfold before our eyes. But it's not just about how we are going to be served better and the luxuries that we want in our lives. But instead, it's about how can we serve others better? How can we position ourselves better to be welcoming, to be inviting, to be a force for God's grace and God's love and God's mercy for those that have never had anything to do with our church or our faith before? And while I look forward to the celebrations, trust me, I look forward to celebrating the end of this construction process. Believe you me. But... Even then, I hope you know this. This is the sobering truth. That will not be the end, but just another new beginning. Another opportunity to be reformed. Another opportunity to be transformed, to be changed, to ask that question, how can we open ourselves for service to others? And that work, believe it or not, is never done. It's been happening for over 80 years here. And next week, we are going to name the saints who've done the work before us. And one day, our names will be read as those saints by future generations. And that's the beauty of the church. It's a living organism, reforming and changing each and every day because people are all unique and different. But what doesn't change is God's grace. God's grace, which is truth. God's truth, which leads to freedom. God's freedom, which frees us not just from sin and worry, but for the love and the service of our neighbor. It's who we are called to be today. It's who Luther was called to be in 1517 when he took his hammer and broke a door. And it's who God intended us to be from the very moment Scripture was inspired and put into word and action. We are people of reformation, and that is freedom. Thanks be to God. Amen.